Hey, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Another Fuck You Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa G. Who the fuck else would it be? Um, today's going to be a different episode. Uh, I know I sound probably kind of groggy. It is definitely 7 o'clock in the morning um, that I'm filming this. And uh, truth be told, I never wanted to tell this story. I never wanted to talk about it ever again. So if I cry... You'll understand why. Um, I can already feel the emotions. Holy shit. This story, I've never told this story ever. And I wanted to go to my grave with this story because it was the most, and which, you know, that's not healthy, but it was one of the most, actually not one, it is. It is the most traumatic experience I've had as um, an adult and as um, a working professional, as a hairstylist. And, you know, I do want to preface this story with, I'm not mad at anyone. I don't hold, I'm not, I'm not mad. I really am not. Um, I think about this, this experience often. And I always think about like, where did I go wrong? You know, where can I take accountability? And there's a lot of blame being thrown at me and I still don't really know why um and it's just because accountability is a really hard thing and I totally understand that but I just want to let this be known that I'm not mad at anyone um I'm not I'm sad I'm angry I'm hurt I'm upset I'm confused but the one word I can't say that I am is mad you know I think experiences are people's experiences and it's important to remember that and this is why I've never told this story because my story is my story is my story and it's no one's else's business but I think in order for me to properly process this story and to properly deal with what has happened and continues to happen I think it's time that I tell my side so let's let me um let me think I mean, I didn't like, I, this is an impromptu. Like I didn't even write any notes. Like this is literally just based off of memory. And, um, yeah. So if this is kind of sparse, if this is, there's a lot of and and ums, just, just, you know, guys, all I ask is you hold space. That's all I ask. Cause again, I've never told this story, um, because I didn't want to, but now I have to. So, uh, was it 2021? Yeah, 2021. I uh, decided I wanted to move to California. So I decided to look up some salons and find some places. And I found a salon and they uh, they started working with me. And I was so grateful that they worked with me because I flew back and forth from the East Coast to the West Coast uh, about every two weeks for about six months. And they worked with me when I was doing that. Um, and during that time, I was building my book out here in California. And I was also uh, maintaining my salon that I owned in Delaware. And um, I also want to say this because I feel like this is an important note to say. Uh, the way that I ended my salon, I am not proud of. I'm not. And I, I try not to shame myself for the way that I ended my salon. But I'm not proud of it at all. And I love those girls who ran my salon. And I miss them. And I hope that they are so well. And I'm so proud of them and what they've accomplished and continue to accomplish. And like I said, I'm not proud of how I ended things. I'm not proud of the way that things happened. Um, but I hope that they know that I think about them all the time. I'm so proud of them. 
I'm proud of them for persevering. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the things that have happened. But just know, like I said, I'm so proud of you. If you're listening to this, I really doubt it. But um, I'm proud of you and I'm proud of all that you guys have accomplished. And I'm proud of you just pushing forward. I know that it must have felt like I abandoned you. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I just didn't know how to deal with the situation. And again, I'm sorry. But nonetheless, I had a salon and I, God, God, I'm already crying. My God, I haven't even told the story yet. <laughs> oh, but yes, nonetheless, I had a salon and I um, flew back and forth. I went back and forth from each place. And uh, finally, I made the jump. Uh, was it the end of 2021? Um, I don't really know. Truth be told, I really, timelines are really blurry right now. But yes, I uh, finally made the move. I drove across the country with me and my dog and during this time I was married and my ex-husband stole $11,000 from me as I was driving across the country. Um, this does not account also for the thousands of other dollars that he has stolen. He did steal and he stole, he drained my life savings for me to move to California. So I moved here with no money and I still have no money and I still am just trying to keep going and it's hard. And I just want, I just want that to be known because this whole journey to California wasn't a pretty thing. And it it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't anything to even close to what I was asking for. Um, I'm very, I'm glad that things happened that they did because they taught me a lot about who I was and what I needed to address in my life. But yeah, no, the, the journey to here, not pretty and not fun at all. I went through a divorce. I went through being dead broke, having thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars stolen from me. Anyway, so yes, I move here and I start working. And um, at this salon, I wanted to be an assistant. Truth be told, I moved to California because I wanted to be an assistant because I'd never been an assistant before. And I I just really wanted to learn. And um, I remember... This is one of my favorite memories that I have with my old salon. I was working and um, I was helping helping the owner film. And we were doing some hair extensions and uh, they didn't they didn't quite know how to do them. So I, I helped show them and, you know, I helped them film. I helped them do a lot of things. And I remember they looked at me and they were like, why do you want to be an assistant? And I was like, ah, you know, I just have a lot to learn. Like there's a lot of things that I want to learn. And they were like, no, like you are a really good teacher. Like I learned a lot from you today. And this is the first day I ever worked with them. And they were like, no, like you can't be an assistant. Like you need to be a stylist. And I was like, no, 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 no. I really want to be an assistant. You know, I just, I just have so much to learn. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, you know, we want you to be a, a manager. Like, can I help us lead? And I was like, oh God. Okay. You know, so that I will say like, that was one of my favorite memories because I had like, that was such a compliment because you know, at the time, I, I still felt like I really needed to be an assistant. But they were just like, no, oh my gosh, like, you're so good. Like, this is so good. So, yeah. So um, I get onboarded and I become a manager. I become the education education manager. And um, should be told, uh, I had no experience managing. I know how to lead. I don't know how to manage. And I will take, I will, <laughs> I learned very quickly that I do not like being a manager. But yeah, I didn't have any experiences being a manager, and um, that was okay. I mean, they knew that, but I become a manager, and uh, I do the one thing that you shouldn't do. And again, I'll take accountability for this. 
is I became friends with one of my one of my coworkers. Okay, but I'm gonna tell you why, because I used to own a salon and I it was a close knit close knit salon and I was always on the same page as my staff members and that's how I lead people is I'm on the same page as them and that's how I look at with everything in life. I think it's really important that we lead with love and understanding instead of just you know trying to be like a Billy badass and I think that that's like that's like the reason why businesses fail is because people forget to humanize themselves as a leader um and i get that you know this is probably an opposing view to a lot of people but i'm here to tell you it works when you humanize yourself and you listen to people and you hold space for people your employees will respect you a lot more and this is a key a key thing to remember throughout the story okay and you'll understand why soon but i fucked up i became friends with one of my one of my colleagues and um I mean, for fuck's sake, I knew nobody in, in California and I worked there day in and day night, day in and night. So I didn't really have any time to make another friends. But yes, I made a friend and it was one of my colleagues. Well, this is going to set the precedent of the story. And this is why I never wanted to talk about the story ever again. So a couple months. Yeah, two months. Oh, my gosh. Two months, two months of working there. Uh, my best friend, my best friend Taylor, she comes into town and we're all like yucking it up, like having a good time, you know, and I get a call, I get a call from management and they're like, Hey, we need you to come in. And I was like, what's up? Like, what's going on? Something I can't handle over the phone. They're like, no, we can't, we can't tell you what happened over the phone. I'll never forget this shit. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I'm not reading what you're saying. And they're like, we need you to come in. So I was like, okay. So I come in. Now, what happened was, so the colleague that I became close with got jealous. He got jealous that I, you know, I was a new kid on the block and I was chosen to do a lot of things. And, you know, the owner and I, like, we got chosen to, like, do this really cool opportunity with a celebrity. Like, it was really cool. But they got jealous that they weren't picked. And they decided to apparently this had been going on for a couple of weeks but I had no idea and neither did management or anyone for that matter but apparently for a couple of weeks they were telling the entire salon about like all the things that I was telling them about my personal life like about like my divorce and like things like really personal to me that I had confided in them with and um I guess like the the fact that I was chosen to do this thing was the nail the nail on the head or whatever the fuck the nail on the coffin whatever the fuck the fucking saying is and they decided to say some really hurtful really fucked up things about me well one of the one of the girls was just kind of tired of hearing about it and finally went to management and told them and then that's why I was called in because of this so I get I again I get called in and I I there I don't truly I don't really remember what the fuck was said about me but I just remember it being really irrelevant and this is, like I said, this is what sets the precedent for for the whole journey is they said, we need you to go in and we need you to go say sorry. And I said, sorry for what? I don't know what I did. And they said, we just need you to say sorry. And I said, okay. So I did. I went in and this person was sitting right in front of me and they were sobbing, sobbing. And I just said, look, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm I'm here for you and I'm sorry for anything that I've done to you. And they sobbed even harder. And I remember being like leaving that situation being really confused because I still didn't really know what I had done. 
even though I didn't do anything, you know, you know, truth comes out after the fact and I didn't do anything. I just existed and it pissed people off. But that like that would that's what set the precedent. That's what set the tone of of this experience. I was the problem. I've always been the problem. No one else ever takes accountability. It's really easy to blame people. And I get it. Yes, it is much easier to blame people. But I didn't fucking do anything. All I did was exist. And I get, I have a strong fucking personality. And I am who I fucking am. But that's not a problem. And to make other people feel like shit because of your own insecurities is fucking weird. Nonetheless, from that day forward... I didn't trust that person anymore. That colleague, I didn't trust them. And they made my life a living motherfucking hell. So that happens February. So a couple months go by of just literal hell coming into work. Fucking this person hates me. Makes it their personality. <sighs> but truth be told, they were a terrible employee. I mean, call a spade a spade. They were. And they didn't help like they just like regardless of the situation like at hand I put my shit aside and I still came to work with my head held fucking high and just did what I had to do was I constantly being triggered while I was coming into work yeah it would did I tell management I sure did did they give a fuck no and day in and day out I come in and out you know and I'm, I'm just coming into work dealing with this this situation and the the dynamic just gets worse and it gets to a point where I'm like hey this person isn't really adding any value to the team. Can we 86 them? Like, what's going on? Like, they're really ruining the dynamic of the salon. And they're like, no. You know, they bring in a lot of money. And no, we're not getting rid of them. So I said, okay. Okay. I'll just I'll just deal with this shit, you know? Because I had to. Either i deal with it or i leave. And I couldn't leave. Why? Because I didn't have another job. And I was already broke as fuck to begin with. So, you know, I, my hands were fucking tied. Nonetheless, uh, we just keep going. See, like, a lot of this is a blur because uh, I've never told this story. So, um, let me let me think, let me think, let me think. Oh, yeah, my birthday, that's right. Like, that was another incident. So, now my birthday, like, there was just some, like, weird fuck shit going on. And instead of asking me, like, what was going on, I felt very isolated. I was made out to be this, like, emotional wreck essentially and I remember I left and I went back to Delaware I didn't tell anyone um, because I just felt so like unsafe I felt so unheard I felt so just like I felt stupid because anytime that I would bring up some sort of like emotion it would get subdued like it would it you know like we can't handle that like we don't have we don't have t time or space to talk about emotions we just need to keep pushing forward and, like, while I respect that, I also, like, again, the number one reason why businesses fail is because people don't humanize themselves. Um, and I witnessed that shit firsthand. So, and I also want to say this. This is not going to be a blame game type of, type of podcast episode. I'm just literally telling y'all facts. Okay? I'm keeping my thoughts and my emotions out of this. And I'm just telling you the story. And I just want to let that be known. Now, here's where, here's where shit starts hitting the fan. You know, I'd already been triggered for the last, like, couple of months dealing with the situation, like, trying to defend myself, trying to understand why the fuck I'm being isolated, like, why I'm made out to be this really bad person. And then New York Fashion Week hits. So I go to New York. I get the this amazing opportunity to go to New York Fashion Week. And I go and I ask one of my other colleagues who 
I became a little bit close with, but I wasn't that close with them. But again, I all I did was work, so I didn't really have any time to make other friends, and I didn't know anybody else, and I didn't trust many people. So I asked this person, another colleague, hey, can you watch my dog while I'm in New York Fashion Week? And they were like, sure. So they stay at my house, and they watch my dog while I'm at New York Fashion Week. And while I was in New York Fashion Week, apparently, like, this whole thing started unfolding as I wasn't there. And I got a text uh, like the day before I was flying home and they were like, I can't pick you up from the airport anymore. And I was like, uh, okay, well, what the fuck? So I had to get a $200 Uber from LAX down to where I was living. And um, that's where I, I got a little suspicious. So I, um, I, come to work the next day and management lo and behold is like we gotta talk to you and I'm like fucking what now you know I, again there's like a lot of parts of these stories that I'm kind of leaving out because I don't really remember everything um but I these are just like some of the key details as to like telling this side of the story so I get called in and they're like the the team the team said that they feel really unsafe with you and that you make them feel really unheard and you don't listen to them and you bully them now let's let's take a step back because I, I did miss a really important part so I was the education manager and I did lead I lead I led the team and I taught them you know I taught them education I taught them everything they needed to know um it was like day in and day out education and again the way that I teach is I get to know people I get to understand them I get to learn how to love them et cetera, et cetera. And I can't tell you how many times the team would come to me crying about a situation that 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 like they just didn't feel heard or seen by, you know, my counterparts. And I would just have to, I would have to sit there and be a buffer. You know, I'd be like, no, like, stick it out. Stay, you know, stay on the team. I got you. Like, we'll figure this out. You know, and a lot of this was surrounded by pay, by, by financials, which we'll bring that up later. But I had such a good relationship with my team. I loved them and I still do. I still hold a lot of love for them, even though this after this whole thing, they probably hate me, which I don't blame them because this whole fucking thing got all distorted and fucked up. And it, it, this whole thing is just fucked up. Truly, like this whole fucking thing is just fucked up. But anyway, I had a great relationship with my team. Um, uh, we laughed. We had a lot of fun. Um, I would do a lot of like, little exercises. I'd bring them snacks. Like I would do a lot of things to make sure they felt loved. And they would come to me all the time crying about God knows what and, you know, wanting to quit, wanting to leave. And I would tell them, no, like that I can figure this out. We can make this better. You know, we'll listen and blah, 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 blah. So to hear this was very conflicting. It made no sense to me because I. I have such a good relationship with these people. Why would they say that? And also, why would they not say that shit to me? And it was all a lie. You know why I know it was a lie? Because one of them is still there. And one that one told me after the fact that it was all a lie. And it was part of this elaborate plan that happened, which I will talk about. But it was a lie. And it was just a cover-up for what was about to happen so so after this happens I'm expected to just go to work and be a happy little bean after I was just told that my team hates me 
and thinks that I'm a monster. So again, I'm expected to just go back, go walk back out of this office and just play it cool and just, and just be normal and just treat everyone, you know, woohoo, you know? Yeah, no, that's not how life works. I like to process my things. I like to process my emotions. I like to deal with my shit. I don't like to project on other people. I like to, I like to process, you know, cause it's healthy. So, um, that this is why this all made sense when that person who said that they wanted to, they, they couldn't pick you up from the airport. It was because they decided to spill their guts about something that they lied about to management. But regardless, I, um, I'm losing my train of thought. Oh my God. Yeah. So I go, I've, I have to go back into work. I have to go into work. Right. And ever, every, this is why this was so conflicting. After I'm told all of this, I come back into work. And they're all, they all come up to me. Oh my God, how was New York Fashion Week? Did you have so much fun? Like we missed you. Like blah, 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 blah. And I just remember being as cold as ice. And I was like, it was fine. Because I had just found out my entire fucking team hates me. And thinks I'm a monster. And then my team comes up to me, open arms. I miss you. So conflicting. It made no fucking sense. So they knew. They knew that I knew what was said. Um... And I'm not a fake bitch. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm gonna tell y'all. Okay, this is why I struggle out here on the West Coast. The West Coast people, y'all are a bunch of bitches. <laughs> okay, like y'all can't handle the truth. Y'all don't like to talk the truth. You guys like to skirt around how you actually feel. And God forbid, I tell you how I feel. It is like I chopped off your fucking arm. It is the weirdest thing and the most like. It is so, like, no wonder y'all are so fucked up out, out here because you guys don't talk about your shit. And, like, it's weird. It's just weird. And I stick out like a sore thumb because if I don't fucking like you, I will tell you. If I don't fucking, you will know. And that was a problem. I'm not saying that I can't hide my emotions because 100%. But I'm not a fake bitch. I'm here to tell you. I, mm-mm. Nope. If I don't like you, you'll know. If I don't like you, I'll avoid you. If, you don't, if I don't like you, I'll tell you. Like, I, I really don't have a problem with that. So to be in this kind of kind of sitting like situation to be fake as hell, that's just not me. That's not my moral code. That's not who I am. Never will be. Okay? Let's get that straight. So I'm expected to go into work, do my thing as a manager and lead this team who fucking hates me, who I just was told like all this fucking bullshit, right? So yeah, that no, no, no. That's not how that works. I know. I'm not again, I'm not a fake bitch. I'm not doing that. And I get like, oh, put your shit aside for the bit. No. Absolutely not, especially not for how much I was getting paid and for the amount of trauma that I'd already dealt with. No, you can suck my dick on that one, okay? Um, Because at that point, I was fed up. Like, I was just over it. Like, I was just tired of being the bad guy. Like, I just nobody ever takes accountability. Nobody. Like, I know when I fuck up. I know when I know when to say, I know when to say like, I fucked up. But, like, the fact that nobody in this entire story ever took accountability, like, everyone's just perfect, hunky-dory, dandies, whatever the fuck it Like, no, all of you guys are a bunch of fucking fuck-ups. All of you. Everyone rejects fuck-ups morons whatever deal with your shit i dealt with mine do with yours anyway i'm expected to go to work like i said do my thing do what i gotta do um uh, and uh i i just you know i kept my head down and i just kept it chilling right now the crazy part is is behind all the behind all of this right there is an elaborate walkout that's getting coordinated it has nothing to do with me i want to make that very very clear the walkout has nothing to do with me, had nothing to do with me, not a damn thing. You know why I know that? Because I asked the people after the fact, D- 
did you do that because of me? And they said, no. Okay. Let that, I'm going to let that, let that put that on the record. Had nothing to do with me. I happened to be an escape goat in the beginning, but had nothing to do with me. So, uh, there, uh, during this whole thing, um, I am just coming to work, coming in day in and day out, and increasingly, like, more and more people hate me. Now, mind you, management, management knew about the situation, like, knew the situation that we were, we were in. But because, you know, it didn't directly affect them, it didn't matter. And that, that's why, like, this is really important to note, is that I have just always been the bad guy. I've always been the person to, for everyone to blame. And this, this is just another, another instance where I was. So six weeks, it took six weeks of literal hell for anything to finally happen. So the catalyst for this whole thing was, <clears throat> and I remember it clear as day. So nobody can tell me, no, and my, guess what? My memories and my trauma is my trauma. <laughs> um, so six weeks of literal hell, six weeks of this going on. My, my team is just isolating me. They are whispering behind my back. They are be, just being assholes to me, honestly. And I don't blame them. You know why? Because they were hurt. And again, if anyone has listened to this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I hurt you. And I'm sorry that I didn't have the skills at the time to say this to you. I'm sorry that I couldn't, I couldn't understand. And it honestly, it was because I was, I was just tired of being the bad guy. I was tired of being the scapegoat. I was tired of being blamed for everything. And I'm again, I'm sorry because you didn't deserve that either. I don't think anyone, no one in this story deserves. Here's the thing. I refuse to hurt people the way that they hurt me. I'm going to let that sink in. This isn't to shame. This isn't to drag. This isn't to be like, this isn't to be like gossipy because I'm not fucking like that. Okay. I refuse to stoop down and to hurt people the way that they have hurt me. I will never blame people for my shit. Let that be known. Okay. I don't blame anyone in this story for the situations that I've been in. Okay. Because I play a role in this. I play a role in where my life goes. It's, it's not, my life doesn't happen because of other people. I put myself in those situations. Is the situations that are happening suck? Hell fucking yeah. Could I get out of it at the time? I could have, but guess what? I didn't because I kept fighting and that was my fault. I don't shame myself for doing these things, but I just want to let that be known. Six weeks of hell. And six weeks of my team isolating me, six weeks of people whispering, six weeks of just bullshit, pure bullshit. And the, the straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that, haha, yeah, I remember this now. So one of the big things that the team kept kept talking about was pay, was money. Like they needed to be paid more. They needed, you know, they needed more compensation, which I agreed. And I tried to fight for it, but it didn't really work out. Uh, so because of like the drama, because of the bullshit that was going on, we were called into a virtual meeting. During this virtual meeting, um, everyone gets told that they are not worth what they are already getting paid. And if they want to get paid more, they need to work harder. And um, my team left that meeting and orchestrated a workout walkout and we know this now because of you know obviously hindsight 2020 but orchestrated a workout 
a workout, a walkout, orchestrated a walkout. Um, and again, I want to let it be known after that call, after they were told that they are not worth the di- a dime, essentially. And um, so, yeah, they orchestrated a walkout. And uh, what's kind of funny about the whole story <laughs> is remember that, remember that initial colleague that um, made my life a literal, like a living fucking hell? And I kept saying, like, we really need to get rid of them. Like, they are, like, destroying. They're, like, the cancer of the salon. You know, like, this just isn't, this isn't good. This is not whatever the fuck. Well, they were there the whole time. And they were the ringleader. Uh, what'd they say? Welcome to mutiny. That's right. Uh, they were the ringleader of this whole thing. And I had said from the jump, you need to get rid of them. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny now to think about, like, I kept telling them to get rid of them. And they were like, no, 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 no. They make us a lot of money. We can't do that. And then, you know, plot twist, like later on, they orchestrated a walkout. LOL. Anyway, so the plot twist was like, basically, like, we didn't know about it, but something else happened and we called in someone and then they spilled the beans and then we found out about the walkout and then, then we found out who orchestrated it and then that person got fired. Okay, so they didn't get fired because of poor conduct or like the fact that they were like ruining everything or the fact that they had thousands of dollars of redos that I had to do or just like like just like an awful person, you know, had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that they orchestrated a walkout and now this was affecting the owner. I remember that shit clear as fucking day. Now that it's affecting the owner because it's affecting the business. Now it's a problem. So they got called, they get fired. Okay, boom. And then the second colleague that I was decent with, they whatever, they walked out. They did walk out. And then basically like one by one, couple days, couple days, everyone started leaving. Okay. So this whole this whole walkout happens and it it was it was crazy. I mean, like we were scrambling like it was hard. You know, I was working crazy hours just trying to catch up with everything. The other manager was also working crazy hours, like doing what we both could do. And it, it was just, it was just wild. And like, there was just so much that was said. There was so much like hurt. There's so much anger. And, um, we ended up with like a team, like we had like a big, I don't, honestly, I don't remember how many people walked out, but it had to have been like at least like seven or eight. I don't really remember, but yeah. So, now we, um, now it's like the holidays and, um, I am so mentally fucked up because the walkout was blamed on me. They said it was my fault that I, I did this. I was the reason why this whole thing happened. And do I play a part in it? Probably. But it was as a sole, the sole reason. No. Cause, uh, the reason why people leave jobs is because of management, not because of the employees. It's about how you handle people, not about the people that's in it. It's literally a proven fact. You Google it. Gianna, ba- Gianna, ba- Gianna Bianca, but some of you might not fuck with her. I don't give a fuck. She made, she spits facts, okay? She said the reason why people leave, reason why people, reason why the the culture of a salon or the culture of a business, not even a salon, culture of a business, the reason why it's bad, it starts at the top. So I just, I just you know, let that sink in. So... 
this whole thing happens and I, like I said, I'm being blamed for everything. It is my fault. Uh, there was no accountability. There was no like, fuck, like that was bad or whatever the case may be. And I also like, there's a lot because I'm leaving the emotion out of this right now. There's a lot that I'm leaving out. There's a lot of like really abusive, mentally abusive, uh, manipulative, fucked up shit that I'm leaving out here. Okay. And for this next part, I really wanted to read the text messages that I still have because I do have receipts of this next inter- and next interaction. But uh, truth be told, I really don't feel like being triggered right now. It's already triggering enough to tell this story. So after this whole thing, again, <clears throat> I, I am, I'm feeling awful. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like the blame is on me. It's my fault. This whole thing happened. And, um, it's just, it's just fucked, you know, like truly it's just fucked. So I'm expected to move forward and, uh, I'm not, th- I'm the type of person I, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about this shit. And I remember I texted the owner and I said, Hey, um, we really need to have a conversation about like what just happened, you know, like what's our plan moving forward because we didn't have a plan. That was a whole other thing. Like it was so discombobulated all the time. Like, like there's just no organization at all ever. So, and I thrive on organization. Like if businesses thrive on organization, businesses thrive on structure and there was none. So I was like, look, like we need to have a conversation. Like we need to figure out like what's our next step moving forward. And like, we need to talk about like what just happened. Like I'm, I'm fucked up. Like I'm, I'm really fucked up. And they told me that they didn't have time for it, that they, they just don't have time to talk about emotions. They don't have time to talk about you know, what happened. And I was like, fuck that. And I remember I was like, I'm not asking for a convoluted conversation. I'm just asking uh, for a conver- like or a human to human conversation. Like we need to fucking talk about what just happened. Because I don't know how I'm expected to move forward and to just keep on with my merry little life when I was just told and made to be a horrible educator, horrible mentor, horrible person. Um, No, like I don't know. And I don't know in any world that that should be acceptable. Like you should just expect people to just move on hunky-dory, happy, happy, what the fuck ever, when they basically have been just for the last like year been dragged through the fucking mud. You expect me to have a smile on my fucking face? You expect me to just move forward? Fuck, th- no. That's literally insanity. That's insane. It's ludicrous. So I asked for this conversation and we had this conversation. And truth be told, I blacked out. You know why? Because I was triggered. Oh my God. There was just no accountability there. I just remember it being like, yeah, like it, I remember, remember them saying like, yeah, like it was your fault. And I, remember, I just remember it, like it stings, like even just like thinking about it. Um, it was my fault that this happened. And, um, it, it got to the point where I like, honestly, I had nowhere to live. I was, I dropped 40 pounds working there. I became skin and bones. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was constantly triggered. Um, I had no money. You know, I wasn't making any money. Um, and I, I just felt like the entire time I was there, I had, like, I had nothing to show for what I'd done. Because I didn't. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any, like, I didn't have any life left. Like, I was dead inside. Seriously. And this is one of my final conversations that I had. And we sat down and we needed to talk about, because they knew something was up. They were like, hey, like, 
where you were you at like mentally and i was like what do you like what do you mean like after the fact i was like what do you mean like now it's down because it's affecting your business now you fucking give a fuck so um because it was i mean i was fucking up i was like i didn't answer phone calls i didn't answer text messages like i was dead inside because i mean again i probably didn't portray the story as well as i probably should because again i'm trying to leave the emotion and leave like the bullshit out of it and just tell you guys the truth but you know the, the just the whole thing was just so fucked so we have one last conversation and I um because at this point I knew like I had to make a choice I either had to either had to stay because we were going to be growing and get better or I was I had to leave because I couldn't pay my rent and I couldn't pay my bills like I I couldn't um so I I remember this conversation we I asked for three things I asked to be told thank you every now and then because I'd never been told thank you the entire time that I was there that was number one Number two, I asked if we could, if I could have a raise, if I could be paid more because I had to because I wasn't, what I was living on wasn't a livable wage. And I get that small business, what the fuck ever, but I was promised a lot, a lot, bonuses, pay scale, what the fuck ever, and it, it didn't happen. And the third thing, so silly, but it's huge because I'm big about love languages. Please, I asked them to stop giving us donuts as a form of a reward and i'm going to elaborate on all three so the first one was can you tell me thank you every now and then um i'm big about gratitude you got to tell me thank you like i don't know if i'm doing good oh that was a whole other like again like i'm leaving out a lot and now i'm remembering i remember um there was a lot of conversations that basically they would say like oh you're really not a good manager <laughs> like you need to be better. And then so I'd ask, okay, how can I be better? And they'd be like, I don't know. So it was like constant, like this, the only time I'd ever be talked to was when I'd fuck up. And I would fuck up a lot. You know why? Because I'm human. And I wouldn't say like I fucked up a lot, but I fucked up. Don't be wrong. I didn't know how to be a manager. It was the first fucking time. But I didn't know, I didn't have any resources. There was nothing. Like I kept asking like, well, how can I be better? What can I do different? And they'd be like, I don't know. I don't know, figure it out, figure it out. It was always just like, figure it out. And I'm like, I no. Like, isn't this the point of like being part of a team is like help each other like figure shit out? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys let me know if that's not the point of being a part of a team. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's reality anymore, to be honest with you. But for me, I need gratitude. Like I need to be told thank you. And I made that very clear, very abundant. Um, it was a consistent thing throughout the entire time that I was there. Like I just need to be told thank you. And I remember this and I quote, I don't even tell my kids thank you. Why would I tell you? That sits with me. That, and that's, that stings. I don't tell my kids thank you. Why would I tell you? Number two, I need to be paid more. Now, at the time, um, I was a full-time stylist and also uh, like doing the education, like writing education, like doing all the things and whatnot. And... Um, we were talking about like switching me over to doing like more like social media and like being more full-time education and whatnot. So that were, you know, that required like a pay shift. Well, you know, money wasn't talked yet. We hadn't even talked about like income and whatnot, but I just remember I was like, I need to make more. And they just kept saying, I can't match your salary. That's all they would say. Like, and that's the thing like about like Californians, like I'm not saying it's consistent with this, like with this 
instance, but like it's like it in general in California, like people are not direct. Like just tell me you can't pay me more. Just say that. But it was, I can't match your salary. I can't match your salary. I can't match your salary. And I like, again, at the time, I didn't know what that meant. But sitting back and thinking about it, what they meant was, I quote unquote made a salary, quote unquote, because this salary, salary employees work 40 hours a week. They get paid their stipend, what the fuck, or they get paid like whatever the fuck. Again, I've never worked salary job day my four, day in my life before, but I'm going to assume that that's what salary jobs do, right? They just, they pay you for 40 hours and then like whatever. But if I didn't, if I didn't come in, come in on a, on a day, like on a day that um, was like my scheduled, my normal work day, um, I just didn't get paid. You know, I, I mean, I get like, okay, like PTO. Okay, cool. Um, no, I just didn't get paid. Or like if we had a holiday and the salon was closed, I didn't get paid. Or like, there's just like, it was just weird. Like, isn't salary, like if you get, you work like 40 hours a week. I mean, I would work way more than that, but like, don't you have PTO? Like, did you get paid? Like, I don't know. It just, it, <laughs> like, it, it just, it didn't make sense. Like the salary, I didn't have a salary. So that's, that's what's so fucking funny about all this. Like I didn't have one. So I was like, I don't understand what you mean. But, um, yeah, they kept saying I could, they couldn't match my salary because what was going to happen was I was going to take a pay cut and they didn't want to say that because I brought in a lot, a lot of money to their business. Um, and I saw less than half of it. Which, I, you know, I get it. Okay. Running a business, whatever. But um, I also, like, ran myself into the mud to run that shit. But anyway. They basically were going to give me a pay cut and not tell me. Um, which is why they kept saying, I can't match your salary. Even though I'd already told them for, the, like, a couple of months. Like, consistently, I was like, dude, like, I can't keep doing this. Like, I'm really not making any money. Like, I need this to grow. I need more money. Like, I, I'm not paying my bills, you know, both. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. Like, you know, like, stick it out. Like, we'll be fine. Like, we'll figure it out. Or, or like, you know, things will get better or whatever the fuck. And, like, nothing ever, ever, ever got better. It just got increasingly worse. <laughs> but, um, so there, there's number two. You know, so I was going to get a pay cut and they were going to tell me. Um, and they weren't going to tell me thank you because they don't tell their kids that. So, uh, number two, or sorry, number three was the donut situation. Okay, I know this is going to sound real goofy, but here's the thing. Donuts scream, I don't give a fuck. Okay? Uh, pizza, donuts, disgusting. Um, processed sugary bullshit, weird. And here's the thing. I'm really weird about health, and um, I have been, I've always been like that. And there was like a lot of a lot of instances where like a lot of things we said about my food that I would eat. And like just like weird shit. And... I'm sorry. I don't fill my body up with bullshit. I don't. Um, there's nothing more that screams I don't give a fuck than getting a donut, a store-bought donut from the grocery store. Or, And I don't give a fuck. I don't even care if it's Krispy Kreme. Disgusting. And my team would say shit about that to me. Like They'd be like, hey. like or we, We'd talk about it. And I'd be like, um, yeah, like just, you know, donuts. I don't really like donuts. They're like, yeah, me either. And like they wouldn't get eaten. And again, it's just process bullshit. It's literally not good for you, especially if you're working crazy hours behind the chair. The last thing you need to be doing is fueling your body with bullshit. So my team was extra to me, and then I would say stuff to them. Like, I would say stuff to manage it and be like, um, I remember there was HR. <laughs> they were like, so then what do you, 
I remember they came in and they were like, what do you want? And I said, what about like a fruit, a fruit platter, get a fruit platter. And they were like, uh, okay. And they said they couldn't find one. Cause like there was bad fruit. Like there was no, I was like, what the fuck ever dude? Like they just, they just didn't want to, which is fine. Like just say that. But anyway, so the whole like donut thing, it's kind of like a joke. Like honestly, it's kind of funny at this point, but I was like, yeah, you know, if we could stop getting donuts as a form of a reward, because it would be on Saturdays, donuts, woohoo, no, um, and they were like, okay, well, what do you want, and I was like, I don't know, anything but, fruit tr- fruit platter, some granola, maybe some muffins, you know, some bananas, I don't know, like, just something other than donut, and they were like, well, think about it, of course I didn't, you know, of course I didn't change anything, which is whatever, but, um, so from that from that moment forward, I knew I was going to get a pay raise. I knew I was never going to be told thank you or appreciated for that matter. Um, and um, yeah, the whole donut thing is just funny. It's like a funny little blurb. But I made the. I'm going to put this on. The, let, let this be fucking known. I made the decision to leave. I wasn't fired. I left. I was not fired. I left. On my account, on my accord, I made the decision to leave. Okay? I cried. I was so upset because I felt like a failure because I valued this person so much. Seriously, I looked up to them. I valued them. I idolized them. I worshiped the ground that they walked on. And I got fucked for it. I left with my head between my legs, tail between my legs, whatever the fucking phrase is, tail between my legs. I had nothing to show for what I had done. I had no money. I used, and you guys, I've told this story. I've told this story on my, on my, on my, um, on my Instagram. I used my last paycheck that I got to open up LG Studios. That was all the money I had to my name. And I used it to open LG Studios because I didn't know what else to do. I had to do something that was comfortable for me and safe for me to get out of there. Because I was so, like, I was so confused, you know. I thought this person loved me because they made it seem like it was, you know. And they made it seem... Like, um, like I, I was just a very valued person, but I was only valued when things were good for them. You know, like I was only valued when I would serve them or if I did something for them or something for their business or whatever the case would be. I wasn't valued as a person. I was just valued as a, as a cash cow. And, um, yeah, that whole experience, like really, it traumatized me. It left me empty. And I remember one of the last conversations that we had, I was like, um, you remind me of my mom. And I don't speak to my mom because she has mentally, mentally, wow, mentally manipulated and abused me my entire life. And that this person reminded me of my mom. And I remember saying that. And I didn't really like think about like what like the, the strength behind that was until just now. But um, I haven't told this story for a lot of reasons. 
um, because it's my story, right? And um, I don't need to bleed on people who didn't cut me. What happened is what happened. And I kept it to myself. And we left on good terms, or so I thought. And um, I was hurt. Don't get me wrong. I was hurt. I'm sure some things were said. Don't get me wrong. 100%. I was confused. I was hurt. It made no sense to me. But I have the strength now to say what I have to say because it, I have taken a year to heal and to navigate and to, and to, and to feel better, you know, you know, a lot of the things that were said stopped me from, you know, pursuing education. And I mean, to go down the rabbit hole, I mean, the reason why I tried to get out of the industry was because of that experience, because I was just tired I was tired of being the scapegoat for people. I was tired of being blamed for everything. Like I, I was just, I was just so fucking tired, dude. And no one knew why. Like no one knew what I was talking about, or even like what the fuck was even going on. You know why? Because I kept the story to myself. My trauma is my trauma is my trauma. It's no one else's business. But I'm telling this story, kind of going around in circles. I'm telling this story because. There seems to be a lot of things that keep being said and that continue to happen and and continue to be told. And whether it's, I mean, a lot of it's lies, but, you know, people believe their own narrative and that's fine. This is mine. This is my narrative. This is my story. This is what happened. This is what happened to me. This is what happened to my life. Um, I, I trusted this person with my life. I sold my salon. I moved on. I worked there, I managed an entire team, built an entire team, watched it crumble before my eyes, was blamed for everything, mentally manipulated, mentally abused, uh, just all these things and put into a corner and I left because I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with not eating, not sleeping, nothing. And then when I left and I opened LG Studios, and I had all this time to heal. That's when all the shit came forward. All the shit that I've been suppressing the last for the last year that I was there all came forward. And it, I wanted to leave the industry so fucking bad because of that experience. I was done. I was tired, dude. I was so fucked up. I still am. I still am fucked up. And if any of you are listening, I am fucked up. That situation fucked me up. I'm still dealing with it. That's the reason why I'm telling this fucking story is because I'm tired. I'm tired of being fucked up. I'm tired of letting this shit fucking hold power over me. It happened. It is what it is. But you know what? Use my strength to tell your story too because we don't deserve to me to be abused by the beauty industry. And that's what it is. It's abuse. It's mental abuse. Abuse. Let that sit in. Abuse. It's abusatory behavior. Okay? Doing this is abuse. Doing this to people is abuse. If you're listening to this and you resonate with situations and you're like, oh, she's dramatic, you're an abuser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you listen to this and you think, um, you know, whatever the fuck... They're so right. You know, that's how you run a business. You're an abuser. You're an abuser. Call a spade a spade. You don't like it? Then change. Grow up. Move on. Heal your shit. Stop projecting. 
Stop making people feel bad because of your own bullshit. Okay? This abuse, I have been subduing. I've just been suppressing because I haven't had the, the strength to say anything. Now I understand why people don't stand up to their abusers because you feel small. I felt so small, so little, so minute. I didn't matter. I let this person steal my value. I let this person dictate how I looked at myself. I let this person steal my happiness. And I'm not, I'm not anymore. Now this is the emotion. This is like the emotion side of it, right? I told the story. Now this is the emotion. It's just not fair. It's not fair to, to not say anything. It's just not. It, it's just, there's so much more I could go on about this. Again, like, it's just, <sighs> that's my story. And see how I, I just want to know, see how I left out, I left it all out, you know? I just told facts. I told the story. I told, like, what? Like, the instance, right? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really go into the mental manipulation, I didn't really go into the abuse. Kind of touched on it. But see, the most guilty people have the most to say. And I have nothing to say. What happened is what happened. It was abuse. It was mental abuse. And I survived. I'm here now telling my story in hopes that if anyone else has dealt with this type of salon trauma or business trauma it doesn't fucking matter it gets better you can survive it's hard god it's so fucking hard all i can say is my best friend keeps telling me i know it's hell but i need you to just go right through it just go right through it you don't deserve it anyone who's listening to this you don't deserve it you don't deserve the mental manipulation you don't deserve the abuse you don't deserve the verbal abuse you don't fucking deserve it I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve uprooting my entire life for this shit. I didn't fucking deserve it. I didn't deserve the the isolation. Like God, I can't even I can't even begin to get the details of the isolation. I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve anything that fucking happened to me. And now I have the strength to say that. Because I believed it at first. I believed that I deserved it. And now I don't. Because I fucking don't. I don't deserve the constant, the constant manipulation, the constant talking, the constant bullshit. I don't deserve it. And you know what? Neither do they. Because again, I will not, I will not hurt people the way that they hurt me. And put that on the fucking record. Okay? You don't want people to talk about what happened. Don't give them a reason. This is my story. I survived. 